1: Welcome to it, our latest edition of Inside the Yard. A couple of Orioles broadcasters talking about the Baltimore Orioles. Brett Hollander along with Jeff Arnold. And Jeff, even though it's uh, tough times right now for the big club, some great news this week that the farm system is not only being recognized among the best in baseball, it's gaining clear momentum around the game. Uh, Baseball America came out with their new rankings and the Orioles are number two overall behind only Seattle, featuring in their minds the best prospect in baseball, Adley Rutschman, and the best right hander in baseball, Grayson Rodriguez. So, pretty exciting stuff.
2: Exciting. And let's not also forget about Colton Kowser, who was just who's going to be joining us today, who just was selected with the number five overall pick this year. He's way up there. You have Connor Norby. Reed Trimble, John Rhodes are just a bunch of guys that were also recently promoted to Del Marva. So immediately you're seeing these guys get into the Orioles system and they get a little bit of experience under the belt in the Florida Complex League as long as the rain has cooperated. And then they're getting a chance to move up to, to Del Marva and get a taste of full season baseball and what it's like and some better competition. And then you're continuing to see progress from other areas of the farm as well with. Guys having big years, you've seen some surprises in there as well, Uh, maybe guys that aren't even in that prospect list, Uh, but it just goes to show how deep this system is, and we've talked about it before, Brett, you know, it wasn't that long ago where some of the guys who maybe be at the bottom of the system rankings or in the, the middle of the system rankings or guys that were at the top. So it just goes to show how much talent you've brought into your system. And I think that that's only going to grow, especially as you continue to establish your presence internationally, you get more involved in that market and you begin to see uh, some of those players continue to grow and improve and, and, get stateside.
1: Yeah. And I think when you look at the system and, you know, most rankings have Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall and Gunnar Henderson in their top 100 list right now, mind you, Mountcastle just graduated He's having a terrific rookie year, so he's just off the list. And then there's probably three or four guys who I think are knocking on the door. Kowser being one of them, who will join us soon. Mike Bauman, we'll see how he finishes, but he might be nearing a list like that. Also, Jordan Westbrook's just having a sensational first full pro season. And Kyle Bradish. So it's an exciting list. And I think Jeff, you know, I've watched these system the system and looked at it for a long time, as you have, and you've had to look at it very closely up front. There have been times where there have been some really exciting prospects come along. It's the depth that's different to me. And yes, when you have the number one prospect around, that's going to help. But there are guys who are like between 20 and 30 on this list that would have been between five and 10 a few years ago. And to me, that's the difference. There's depth. And there's some guys left off the top 30 list who undoubtedly would have been the top 10 or 15 some years gone by. So it's an exciting time in that sense, although we know it's a trying time right now. In the major league uh, at the major league level.
2: And there are guys that are 10, 15 that are no longer on the list anymore that have shifted off of the list. And, you know, as you get good picks and you do your job to bring people into your system, it's good because you know that these are players that at some point could show up at Camden Yards, but these are also guys that you could be trading for and adding pieces to your organization, which remember, you know, that's part of building your organization and establishing you know your presence at the major league level is being able to use your farm system to help increase your level of talent and help address some of your needs at the major league level and we've seen that take place at the deadline this year with some teams across the division so I think it's a positive in multiple senses and I think that it's only going to improve and then it does seem like that among this group Um, not only have they shown that they are good prospects, but they've helped their teams win. And being able to get used to winning in the minor league level can only build that momentum and kind of get you used to what it's like. So that way, when you get to the major league level, you're able to do the same exact thing.
1: We have Colton Kowser coming up and also Rakubako, and we'll give our thoughts on the historic Field of Dreams game. But Birdland, experience in those game. With the convenience and privacy of your very own suite, a variety of affordable single-game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com/suites for more information. With us right now, the Orioles' first-round pick in 2021, the fifth overall pick, Colton Cowser, outfielder, playing center field right now for the Delmarva Shorebirds. And Colton, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Before we get to your jump to Delmarva and that experience, tell me about the experience in the Florida Complex League where you hit the cover off the ball. Oh, I know a lot of rain and a lot of rain outs and, and things like that and a lot of heat. But what was it like uh, getting your feet wet in professional baseball?
3: It was good to get down there and, you know, get to know the guys and uh, really just start to play. I, uh, you know, I was really excited. You know, there's a little bit of some audibles going on with the rain and stuff like you mentioned. But, you know, it was really good to get get my feet wet and, you know, hit the ground running.
2: Take us back to that first game that you played in the Florida Complex League because you got yourself off to a pretty great start.
3: Yeah, I was just trying to – I told you know, I hadn't seen a pitch in like two and a half months, you know, a live pitch. So I was just trying to, you know, be a little slow in the box and, you know, get my swing off. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to do that. You know, saw some good pitches to hit.
1: You got to come to Camden Yards with Connor Norby, the Orioles' second pick in the 2021 draft. And you got to take BP in the field. I know see some of the current major league players and the manager, Brandon Hyde, obviously, the general manager, Michael Elias. What was that experience like? And your thoughts on – being at Oriole Park?
3: Yeah, it was awesome. You know, I got to get out there and I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I know we flew up from Florida and then got to, got to experience the ballpark, got there early and did some media stuff. First time I really, you know, done full on media. How about that? Um, and then I got to get, get dressed and, you know, take BP on the field. And it was, it was really fun just to, you know, see how those guys go about their business and, you know, get to, get to talk with them and, you know, pick their brains and, you know, it's always fun to, you know, hit in a big league park like that and, you know, get to enjoy the rest of the night with my family and stuff. So it was really exciting.
2: Outside of some of the rain that you guys dealt with in the Florida complex league, I mean rain in Florida during the summer, that never happens. But mm-hmm. um how has the professional experience compared to what you thought it was gonna be?
3: Well, I knew it was always, Who knew it was going to rain in the, in the complex league. How about that? But you know, it's been, it's been fun. You know, a lot of the things are, you know, you're kind of reliant on yourself. Um, so you really have to do, you have to be a professional and that's something that, uh, you know, in college, you know, they're not going to walk you through it, but you know, it's not an adjustment period. I feel like I did it pretty well in college, but, uh, you know, it's been kind of what I expected it. You know, I know it's going to be a lot of games and in a week, six games a week. Um, so it's always about staying on top of your body and top of your health. So that's something that, you know, everyone can continue to work on.
1: Colton, you went to Sam Houston State and you were the fifth overall pick. A lot of the mocks had you, you know, I guess in like the 8 to 12 range and the Orioles grabbed you at five. And do you think if you went to Vanderbilt or a, a program like that, that you there would have been no doubt that you would have been a top five pick? Do you think that was – at least in the minds of some, to do mocks held against you in some way?
3: Uh, I think it depends on which way you look at it. You know, I think yes and no. Um, I think that if I never did go to Sam Houston, I wouldn't have been put in the position I would be, you know, after my freshman year when I got the opportunity to go play on Team USA, the collegiate national team as a freshman. Um, I think that really kind of, I guess, put me on the map. And then after that, you know, it just came down to, to performing. You know, I think that if you perform at any level, at, at a high level, then you know, scouts and, you know, teams like that are going to take notice. Um, so, you know, I, I think it depends which way you look at it. I think from an outsider looking in, you know, it's probably an absolute yes. But, you know, personally, I, I really don't think so, just because I, I did get the opportunity to go in right away and make an impact.
2: Colton, I was looking at your college hitting coach, Sid Holland, and all the impressive guys that he's worked with, a lot of major leaguers in that group. How did he make you a better hitter and better prepare you for professional baseball?
3: Yeah, you know, Sid, he's someone I've hit with since I was eight years old. He, uh, he, me and his son, were are pretty much best friends. He's, he's with the, or the, like, he's with Cleveland, the organization, and, and, uh, you know, we grew up playing together, but, you know, he kind of, he played professional baseball. He kind of always told me what it was about, and then just tried to mold me into, like, you know, a professional hitter, not just a, a one-side, one-dimensional hitter, and I think that's something that I've, I've done my whole life and will continue to do.
1: I don't want to get too deep into your experience with Del Marva. We record this on Wednesday morning. You played one game with the Shorebirds. But what's really exciting, I think, for Orioles fans, that lineup was full of 2020 and 2021 draft picks, mostly college players at this point. Uh, you're in the middle of the lineup playing center field. And it's not unreasonable to think that in a few years a lot of those guys are going to be playing at Camden Yards. Uh, but for you, when you look around, a lot of these guys, I you know you know I'm passing through collegiate baseball what's, what do you see as far as talent goes?
3: Yeah. You know, we have a great group out here and I think what, what really, you know, helped us get off on the right foot was, you know, we did get to go down to Florida all together and, you know, it was really cool for us to all come up and, you know, start playing at the same time and, you know, we have great chemistry and we're just trying to go out there and have fun and, you know, make the most of it. And I think that's, you know, we're a really carefree group right now and just kind of feeding off each other, but, you know, we have a great, great group of kids Uh, I think Kobe Kobe was the only high high school kid in the in the lineup yesterday and you know he's kind of kind of a freak when you look at him he's he's a large man Um, but you know I think it it helps you know when we have a lot of college experience you know they these guys played a full season already and you know get to come out and you know finish strong
2: Paul, I looked at your college stats You finished with 76 walks to 70 strikeouts in your college career. And one of the things that I think you notice is the Orioles were doing their drafting is to find not only really talented position players, but guys who could walk a lot, um, which is something that obviously you need to have good discipline when you're facing some of the teams you're facing in the American League East. Where does your plate discipline and command of the strike zone come from? Have you always been a patient hitter? Or is that something that has developed later on in your baseball life?
3: You know, I think college, college, you know, my freshman year, I, I tried to, you know, start being more patient, start looking for a good pitch to hit. You know, I was, you know, in high school, I would always kind of expand, you know, if the pitch was real close, I was, I was swinging at it no matter what. And, you know, I still do that some, some days, it just depends on who's throwing and, you know, what they have. Um, But yeah, I definitely think that developed in college, just more of a, a patient, but aggressive mindset, you know, not swinging anything out of the zone, but you know, being real aggressive when it's in the zone. And uh, so, yeah, I think that that's kind of where that
1: comes from. Colton, did you play other sports in high school?
3: I played football through my sophomore year. And then I I went ahead and I felt like baseball was going to give me the best opportunity to, you know, make something of myself. How about that?
1: What position did you play in football?
3: I played, uh, I I guess I played defense. I played outside linebacker and safety. And then I guess I also, I did a little bit of long snapping as well just because, you know, my brother did that whenever he was, he was playing football. He was a center. So I, I went ahead and mixed it up a little bit.
2: Who are two baseball, who are a couple of baseball players that you, you like to watch that you try and model your game after?
3: Yeah. Uh, when you know when it comes to watching baseball, I guess one specific guy that comes to mind is I, I love watching Michael Brantley hit. Um, you know, just being from Houston, I, you know, I get to watch a lot of their games and I'm back home. Um, and then, you know, another guy is, uh, is Yelich just because we kind of have the same same body type. But, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, watch his games a lot, but I, I do see a lot of highlights and stuff. So those are two guys I, I'd say that I, I like watching, you know, both lefty hitters as well.
1: And then as far as playing center field, I mean, everyone seems to think that you could stick and stay there. Is that important to you or do you feel you could play all three positions in the outfield?
3: Yeah, it's definitely important just to, you know, I think that I have the skill set to stay in center field but I also think it's important to have the ability to play to play each each outfit position as well um it's just it's just bringing it's all about bringing different tools to the team and where you can be most productive
2: now that you've reached Elmarva what are some goals that you've set for yourself for the very end of the season what are you trying to accomplish before the year's over
3: yeah you know I really haven't (laughs) thought about it thought, thought about too many goals right now but I guess you always have them in the back of your head but you know, the biggest thing for me is just go out there and have fun, and um, you know, with the group of guys that we do have, um, and then the numbers will kind of take care of themselves. You know, I'm not, I'm not too number oriented. I guess you could say it's all about, you know, the experience and how how fun you're how much fun you're having.
1: So you just became the fifth overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Did you treat yourself to anything, Colton?
3: <laughs> I, everyone keeps asking me that, but no, no, I haven't really done anything yet. Uh, I guess the only thing I really have done is, you know, got a pair of sunglasses. That's about it. <laughs> but, you know, I, w- I wore them all the way up on the drive up from Florida. So
1: It tells me they're going to be handing those out to you for free pretty soon.
3: Eh, maybe, but <laughs> I had to get myself a nice pair. But it's a good you know, gift for yourself. I don't really treat myself too much.
2: When you got drafted, I'll, I'll, I'll say this the last one for me. When you got drafted, how many text messages and calls did, did you receive? And was there maybe any that were, were really cool that you got that, that stood out, maybe from guys with the Orioles or from other big league teams?
3: Yeah, it was pretty crazy, I guess. Uh, you know, after I got drafted, I, you know, and everything, once the dust settled, I, I kind of had my phone on the, on the table. Um, and then I had the hat. And the hat was actually kind of tight, so I took it off. <laughs> I guess it the um, and then, you know, I had my hat over my phone, didn't check it for about five minutes, and I looked at it and I had like over 150 – plus um just kind of rolling in but no I didn't really have anyone like you know hit me up too much I uh uh Ryan O'Hearn from the Royals who is someone that I uh he went to Sam Houston he he shot me a, a text uh, which was pretty cool um but no that's pretty about that's pretty much it
1: Colton it's time now for our fun five baseball questions are you ready <sighs> I guess so what is your favorite baseball movie
3: Oh, you know, I, I'd have to say field of dreams because it was just on.
1: Beautiful. You
3: know, I mean I watched it right before the right before that game it was pretty awesome.
1: What was your high school senior year batting average?
3: Oh wow. <laughs> uh, I mean I sat in a while. I think it was like
2: four
1: oh five. Okay. Think. How many bombs? Only five. Okay. Four. Most influential baseball person in your life.
3: Uh, I would have to say Sid Holland and my parents.
1: I'm not going to ask you what we usually ask here, which is your favorite minor league city to play or visit. You've been to Sarasota and Salisbury, Maryland. So that's kind of a silly question right now. We can ask that when you come back on next year, but I'll ask you this. What, get, tell us how your first grade teacher would describe Colton Couser. Oh, wow.
3: First grade teacher. I apologize. I don't even think I remember my first grade teacher's name. <laughs> <laughs> wow um but probably just a really goofy kid who didn't <laughs> she wasn't very coordinated how about that
1: <laughs> uh, name one talent you have outside of baseball or hobby
3: um i can ride a unicycle that's wow. it mm. that's about and hobby i would just i like to do a bunch of you know woodworking stuff you know
1: building stuff cool what, what kind of stuff do you build uh, just whatever needs to be done around the house, really. How did you find out you could ride a unicycle? How did that?
3: How did you figure that one out? Uh, in middle school, one of my friends actually had had a unicycle, and then we all just taught me how to ride it. And then I ended up getting one, and ended up growing out of it, and haven't rode one in a while. But you know, I think it's just like riding a bike. Am I right?
1: I don't know. We'll see. I really don't. I've never. Brett and
3: I are coordinated.
1: Enough I'm not coordinated. I would never try <laughs> riding a unicycle. I don't think it would end well.
3: It's not as hard as you think. You just, you either fall forward or backwards, but you don't ever really fall to the sides.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Colin Kowser, we appreciate it. Best of luck, best of health, and it's great to see you already moving up in this system.
3: I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me on. It It was a lot of fun.
2: Get all the best Orioles ticket deals in one place, including single-game tickets, ticket packs, special offers, and more. We got you covered at the Orioles Ticket Marketplace. This is your place to score exclusive deals, so check back often for the latest opportunities. Don't wait to purchase last minute at the box office. Ticket prices are the same at Orioles.com slash tickets to purchase.
1: And Jeff, for our insider segment, we turn to the one and only Rock of MassInSports.com. And Rock, it's great to see you. How are you?
0: Good. and I'm the one and only because nobody else wants to be me sadly is what I've discovered so I am the one and only there's not a long line forming I want to be rock go. You I would push. like, I, like, some be rock,
2: like I would like some rock strength some rock strength Popeye <laughs> I'll
3: put rock you on workout
2: a <laughs> Jeff is going to do the rock workout plan in the off season. and hopefully he's still going to be with us for next year
0: two, two words medium t-shirts that's the key <laughs> makes you look a lot bigger. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I tried (laughs) to put on my new Cedric Mullins uh, t-shirt the other day, and it was a little tight for me, but it would be perfect for you, Rock. There we go. Cut the sleeves, obviously. Cut the sleeves. I might just rock it anyway. Uh, Speaking of Cedric Mullins, uh, the 20-game hitting streak is over, but, of course, the next day he gets a base hit and keeps doing what Cedric Mullins has been doing all year long. I think, hands down, the most impressive, surprising, incredible story of the 2021 campaign and – and in many ways it couldn't happen to a more important figure in the sense that he's 26, he plays great center field, and he's from the farm system, and he's someone the club can build around for a long time, hopefully, Rock. Yeah,
0: and it says a lot about his mental strength, which you can't downplay at all. I mean, this doesn't happen if he had allowed himself to be broken by that demotion a couple years ago when he was supposed to be the next center fielder replacing Adam Jones and ends up in AAA in April, ends up at Bowie, And we don't see him that entire season then. I mean, that could have broken a lesser man. And instead, he just kept working hard. Anybody you talk to, college coach, teammates, former current managers, whatever, will tell you that they knew he would be fine. But a lot of players wouldn't have been. He didn't lose confidence. He made the adjustments he needed to. worked with a a hitting instructor in the offseason. Uh, adhered to the plan that the Orioles set for him, agreed finally to give up switch hitting, had the confidence to know that he could hit lefties from the left side of the plate. It wasn't a disadvantage for him. All those things, he never doubted himself. And now here he is. And, and it's no longer small sample size. He's legit. He's your everyday center fielder. He's your leadoff hitter. You don't think about trading him. They didn't think about it anyway. But let's reiterate, you don't think about trading Cedric Mullins. He's your starting center fielder in, in 2022. And what's interesting is, we thought for years, and so the Orioles, that would be Austin Hayes. They are totally fine having Hayes in left to right field and backing up in center as long as they can just keep him healthy. And that's really two-thirds of an outfield. It's plus defensively, plus speed. It offers a lot in the field at the plate on the bases.
2: Okay, I think we have a sense as to what the outfield can be. There are a lot of questions in the middle infield still for the Orioles, and we're not exactly sure if they're going to maybe go out and get a – a traditional shortstop for next year. Maybe somebody like Freddie Galvis comes back into the organization, you know, after he got traded to the Phillies, but for Jorge Mateo, what do you think he can be? What have you thought about him so far? It's a small sample size. He's flashed at times, but for Jorge Mateo, what do you think his future with the Orioles could look like? I think
0: at the least he can be a utility guy, which is what he basically was with the Padres, but he didn't really get much of a chance to play He has a better chance of being a starter somewhere in this organization, obviously, but I think at the very least, he could be that guy that plays the middle infield. I'm sure he could get play some third base for you. He can play the outfield plus, plus speed. I mean, scout's greatest speed is an 80. That scale is 20 to 80. It doesn't go any higher than that. So that alone and a strong arm, which we've seen at short, I think can make him a, a super utility type, but, you know, he has an opportunity to break camp next year as the second baseman could be as the shortstop. I mean, this is what this, these last however many weeks are about really, besides trying to, you know, end losing streaks is to get a read on these guys, experiment, play him every day, play Richie Martin as much as you can at short and at second and see whether they're your double play combination. You don't have to go out and get a veteran shortstop on a one year million, whatever deal with, you know, incentives and a trade clause and anything else. Maybe you've already got him in house. Urias, we know, or Urias can be, depending where you put the accent, can also be a utility guy. But I feel like you've already seen enough of him. You know what you've got with him. Pull back some, unless you want to play him some at third, because Franco's not going to be back. And just play those two guys in the middle. And Mateo, I really think there is a place for him. You know, it's a luxury if you could say, hey, we'll carry him just as a pinch runner for nothing else. The Orioles don't have that luxury. They need to be able to use him. Uh, in other ways. But I think he could be a utility guy. I think he could be maybe a starter. He's definitely swinging the bat better for them than he has. We'll see if he can sustain that. But the other tools tell me that high ceiling, three-time top 100 prospect. That's why you bring him into the organization and you keep playing him.
1: Rock, before we get into the Orioles' new Baseball America ranking of number two, highest in club history by far and behind only the Seattle Mariners, a lot of promotions yesterday announced by the team. And I think there's a feeling by some fans just because maybe Adley's not in the big leagues, or maybe Grayson's not in AAA that they're moving guys along slowly. But when it comes to their college hitters who are hitting, they're not moving slowly. Jordan Westberg, who had not played professional baseball really until this past spring has gone from Delmarva to Bowie in a single season and in a very short amount of games, Uh, Colton Kowser already uh, is going to Delmarva Connor Norby. These are just drafted guys are already going to Delmarva. So if you're a college hitter, you're moving in this organization. Of course, we know about the recent promotion of Adley to AAA, where, by the way, he's hitting the cover off the ball.
0: He is. I mean, that's why, you know, it's case-by-case case basis. You know, Gunnar Henderson wasn't included in that last boatload of promotions because, you know, he's, he's cooled off at Aberdeen, which is fine. He'll eventually move up to Bowie with Westburn. Uh, but it depends on how they're hitting. And yeah, the college guys, and there's been a lot of emphasis on them in the draft. You know, you take them in part because you think they can move quickly and speed up the rebuild and don't require as much work. They're more polished, all of the logical things you'd expect from a college hitter over high school. So they will move these guys for sure. But as long as, again, that they're hitting, although the guy like, uh, Norby, the second round, he really wasn't hitting much in the Florida Complex League, but they still felt like that was just get your feet wet, that he was playing a level below where he should as an accomplished college hitter. There, there's no short season Aberdeen anymore. so you start them out there, let them you know get their feet wet literally because there's a rain out like every single day down there. And then you go ahead and move them up. So but yeah, it's, but it is kind of an individual thing where the guy's really looking like he's you know struggling some, then you, you know, you hold them back, but then the next opportunity they can move up. And it seems like it's, it's promotion Monday or whatever catching name we're given for it. Every Monday, there's another batch. And that was a huge one this past Monday.
2: Well, Brent mentioned the baseball America rankings, checking in at number two. It's obviously really encouraging because I think we're, everybody's sort of looking for something to, to hang their hat on and some, some reasons to be encouraged about, you know, the direction and where, where everybody is going here with the Orioles. But um you know, for, for a number two ranking, how significant is this? And are you confident that these rankings are eventually going to be able to translate to wins at the major league level?
0: It's very important. I can't, I don't, I don't know how confident I am right now, because obviously, you know, it's great to have these guys, you know, getting this kind of recognition and doing what they're doing, but they, there's never a guarantee. They're going to come up to the majors and, and make a huge impact. That's the plan. And if it doesn't happen, then you're destroyed. Like it's, That's that's like the worst nightmare of the front office and every Oriole fan. But in the meantime, I didn't know my lifetime, I would see an Orioles prospect list or a prospect list where the Orioles were second. I saw 30 an awful lot, 28, 29, 30. When they got uh, below 30, it was a big deal, let alone second. I think FanGraphs might have them first. Uh, a lot of that is because, you know, top heavy with the best position player and best pitcher, but it's also that depth they have with someone like a Westberg and and guys that they've drafted guys that are moving up uh, and the promise of the pitchers uh, the DL hall and the others, but they still have to stay healthy. And if you look at the Orioles top 30 prospect list, there's a lot of guys that aren't playing because they've been hurt. They've been shut down. Uh, But if they can stay healthy and and keep trending the way they are, you have to feel really good about this because as much as the losing streaks, hurt as much as, as you lose patience over these lopsided losses and everything else. The number one most important thing in this rebuild is what's happening on the farm. So to say that all of a sudden they have the number two system, if you would, if Michael Ice had told you in his introductory presser that hey, in year three, even without a minor league season in 2020, we'll be ranked first or second in all of baseball their system, people would have been doing handstands and calling them a liar. And here it is, it has happened. So It's the number one most important thing going on. You just obviously wish that the product on the field right now wasn't what it is.
1: We'll end it right there, and I'm going to go eat some spinach because I feel bad about myself after (laughs) talking to you, Rock. All right, don't feel bad. I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself. (laughs) That is MassInSports.com's Rock Kubacko. Rock, we appreciate it. My pleasure. Everybody love the Oreos.
2: Along with the Maryland Department of Health, will host on-site and vaccination opportunities during all remaining home games at Oriole Park this season. All fans ages 18 and over who choose to receive one dose Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine will receive a voucher good for two complimentary lower-level tickets. No appointments necessary. Learn more by visiting Orioles.com/vaccine.
1: Well, Jeff, it was an historic night uh, last Thursday, a week ago, and we talked about it in our last podcast the. Field of Dreams game uh, between the White uh, White Sox and Yankees. And obviously the game was special by just the nature of the on-field game in the sense it was an exciting walk-off, a back-and-forth game, two teams playing for a pennant. You couldn't have scripted it any better. That's been well-documented. And it was a huge success for baseball. It's the kind of place I think baseball and pro sports kind of need to be in that sphere of being creative and trying new things and taking risks and taking chances. And I'm never going to apologize, Jeff, for being a sap, or nostalgic for baseball, or the movie Field of Dreams. So that was just personally in my all-time wheelhouse, and it was such a wonderful production by Fox and Major League Baseball. They couldn't have done any better. The intro, how it looked, how it presented on television, just wonderful.
2: I think that you got to find ways to grow the game and ways to bring baseball to places where – there is no major league baseball and bringing it to Iowa was I think huge. And if you're going to bring it to Iowa, where else would you bring it? You'd bring it to the field of dreams. And to me, it's one of the best things that major league baseball has ever done. Um, I think that that game represented what uh, America is. And I think it was something that everyone could rally around. And what the field of dreams movie is, and Kevin Kastner was on the broadcast. It's not just a baseball movie. It's a movie about Americana. And it's a movie about relationships between fathers and sons and families and things like that. And I think it gets us to feel some stuff that, you know, you're going to feel more from watching a movie like that than you are from just your typical baseball movie. And so for Major League Baseball to connect with the field of dreams complex and to bring two teams there to play the game. I think it was a slam dunk that you're going to go back there next year. And it's glad to see, I'm glad to see that that's happening. And on top of that, the game was just incredible. Um, it looked great. You know, you're seeing all these home runs flying to the cornfields, which I thought made for a really entertaining game. It finished with Tim Anderson hitting a walk-off home run. And then just the entrance and people coming out through the cornfields, very similar to, to how that movie finished. Um, I don't think it could have been any better. And I think major league baseball needs to be on the lookout for ways they continue to grow the game by bringing baseball to places where there is no major league baseball and bringing it to places like, you know, Field of dreams, little league world series, things like that. That's how you grow the game. That's what people can rally around. And you know what, for the players, it makes it a lot of fun too because to be part of something like that is something you'll never forget.
1: I've watched the intro to that broadcast like 15 times it's so well done, so well coordinated. Costner does an amazing job. You can tell the players are so into it. And, it, you know, you said everything correct, Jeff, and how you assess the meaning of that movie. Very few things in our society nowadays withstand the test of time, just as James Earl Jones said in his monologue. Yeah, baseball does and has uh, for, you know, over 150 years here. And that movie, even by movie standards, we're talking about something that came out in the late 1980s. And now we're playing a baseball game in that same space and it's gained the reaction it got. And we love to criticize those in charge of professional sports or major league baseball. Well, sometimes they also deserve a lot of credit. And and this is one of those cases where it seems like everyone unanimously has said, well done major league baseball for that broadcast, that game. And it's what's next, of course, but they've tried other things on military bases. And of course they were going to have one in Williamsport and, and they had some other really creative, novel ideas and this is uh just the latest but this one personally for me because it is one of my all-time favorite movies uh was just extraordinary so well done baseball uh that does it for our edition of inside the yard with some special help from violet and may hollander in the uh, broadcast studio on this as we record wednesday morning so thank you to them it's been a pleasure for jeff arnold i'm brett hollander thanks for joining us inside the yard